0: Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby and if you're brand new to the show, the show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So on today's episode, we're going over all the blue cards of Zendikar Rising. Yes, you heard me right, all the blue cards. The best color of magic but anyways so this is my typical set review that i do for all standard sets and if you're looking for the inside scoop on how to win the game or anything like that you've come to the wrong video this is just more for those casual normies out there like myself and others that are out there that just want to know, hey, are these cool cards or not? Maybe. Who knows? If not, hey, cool. Um, Or the, could they be good in Commander? Awesome. Yeah, they very well could be. You don't know. I don't know. We all don't know. I don't know how to play this game. But anyway, so that's... I always have to preface that before every set review video. And before we get into it, let me just get a little bit announcements out of the way if you want to help support the show you can help support the show at patreon at patreon.com slash magic with you can also reach out to me on twitter at magic on instagram at magic underscore underscore Zuby and you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzubi at gmail.com you know I think I'm going to start putting the discord link in the show notes because my discord is slowly growing and it's become a pretty awesome place that I like hanging out and a bunch of others like hanging out really good group of people there um love them all shout out to my discord peeps uh you know who you are you're all awesome people and uh yeah so we're gonna get two quick little ads and then we're gonna go into all the blue cards of zendikar rise well hey there zoe why the long face there chum i just want to order some magic cards but the shipping was too expensive Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to LegitMTG.com, you can order any Magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping. Wow, free shipping at LegitMTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on Magic Singles and Magic Sealed product available. Wow, that's amazing! And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Abzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... an normie? Yeah, exactly! A normie! Well, have I got the show for you. The all-new Magic for Normies show. Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic for Normies! It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your normie needs. We don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning. We care about having fun playing magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv PixieKittenPlays and catch the VOD on our YouTube channel, Pixie Kitten Plays. If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic with Zubi RSS feed. Magic for normies. All right, so starting off with the blue cards here, our first card is Anti-Cognition. For one and a blue, it's an instant counter spell, a counter target creature or planeswalker spell, unless its controller pays two. If an opponent has eight or more cards in their graveyard and sing counter that spell, then scry two. So, mill definitely seems to be a thing in blue that you can do when you're feeling cool. I tried to make that rhyme, but I failed. Um, so, I mean, on the surface of it, this is a really good early counter spell for countering a lot of creatures or planeswalkers because creatures are you know, your bread and butter and limited, so uh really good, decent card, more of a mid to late pick if you know you're going in blue. This is a handy card to have in your deck there. Uh, next up we've got Been. Be Vale. Veil. Uh one in a blue. It's an instant creatures your opponents control. Get neg two, neg zero until end of turn pretty decent you know pretty decent combat trick and this is common of stuff that we see on blue but the cool thing it's a double face card in case you need a land boom so you know i'm really a uh, little sidebar here um i'm wondering if these games i i'm this is what i'm excited about with drafting uh zendikar and playing sealed of it because i'm wondering if this is going to help us cause us not to get mana screwed because we all know the, the those are those games where you get mana screwed so bad so i'll be interested to see how often you may either get mana screwed or mana flooded is this going to allow you to play less lands in your deck as well too i guess we'll have to wait and see uh, next up we've got bubble snare for one blue it's an enchantment aura with kicker for two and a blue so for four mana altogether, you can enchant creature uh when this enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, tap Enchanted Creature. Enchanted Creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. So, there's that really pesky creature you want to get rid of, and if it's not tapped, then boom, you pay four mana for the kicker cost for it. And then if if it is tapped, you know, you let it attack you. Boom, just one blue mana. These are always really handy enchantments to have, and enchantments are always hard to get rid of in Limited. So, very good if you're in blue and this common kind of card. And I like how cheap it is, too. Yeah, the kicker is a little bit expensive, but, you know, for it being a common, we can let it slide there. Next up, we've got Cascades here. For three and a blue, it's a Merfolk Wizard. It's a 3-3. 3-3 for four. When it enters the battlefield, scry X where X is the number of creatures in your party. So at worst, it's going to let you scry one. And scrying is always a good thing to sort of help you prepare for the next few set of turns in your in your deck here. Next up, we've got Cherix, the Raging Isle. For two double blue, it's a legendary creature, Leviathan Crab. Spells your opponent's cast that target Cherex, the Raging Isle, costs two more to cast. And you can pay three, and Cherex gets plus X and negative X until end of turn, where X is the number of islands you control. So it's a 0.17. um, Now, I think um, when... I was on Magic for Normies when Pixie and I were talking about this. This was not like a pack win pick one for me. And... I'm still... There'd have to be, like, nothing else better in the pack. Like, no other good remover or no good creatures. Because this would be fun to play. Like, I'm not doubting, like, it'd be really fun to play. Like, hey, I'm going to swing with a 017, Boop, pay 3. And, oh, nope, now swing you with 17 damage. Um... If you give this thing Trample, though, oh, dang, that's going to be disgusting. Very disgusting. So, yeah, if there's nothing better in your pack, then yeah, pick this for sure. Uh, Next up, we've got Chilling Trap. For one blue mana, it's an instant. Target creature gets neg four, neg zero until end of turn. If you control a wizard, draw a card. Hey, always good, and in this set, it does not seem like it's hard to control a wizard. So you possibly have a one-mana cantrip if possible. Uh, More of a mid-to-late pick, though. Nothing too early there. Next up, we've got Cleric of Chill Depths. It's one in a blue Merfolk Cleric. It's a 1-3. Whenever this blocks a creature, that creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Super handy to have. Even if you're going to block this and let it die, that big creature now can untap. So good. So good for slowing your opponent down. Uh, Yeah, I I like this a lot. More of a mid-to-late pick. Uh, next up, we've got Concerted Defense for one blue mana. It's an instant counter-target non-creature spell. the controller pays one plus an additional one for each creature in your party. So at worst, they'll have to pay an additional one. At best, they'll have to pay an additional five, um, which would be really awesome for it. So not a bad little negate spell for limited there. Next up, we've got Confounding Conundrum. For one and a blue, it's an enchantment. When this enters the battlefield, draw a card. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player had another land enter the battlefield under their control this turn, they return a land they control to its owner's hand. Okay, so if they manage to ramp up and play two lands, your opponent plays two lands a turn, on their second land, they're going to have to return a land. Um, In limited, this is trash. Complete, utter trash. Um... Unless ramp is like a huge deal. I mean, if anything could be a sideboard card, but I would not waste a slot for this. This could be handy in standard or historic where ramp is rampant, you know, haha, no pun. Um, Or it could even be decent in EDH as well, too, if you want to slow down all that ramping that loves to happen in EDH. So I find this to be more of a constructed card In limited. It's complete trash, in my opinion. Uh, if I were to do a grading skill from A to F, this would be a G. Uh, so, next up, this is a Coral Helm Chronicle- Chronicler. Coral Helm Chronicler. Blah, that's hard to say. Two and a blue Merfolk Wizard. It's a 2 2 for 3. Whenever you cast a kick spell, draw a card, then discard a card. Okay, cool. You know, there's plenty of kicker to be able to have that happen. When this enters the battlefield, look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a card with ki- with a kicker ability from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Now, this isn't like a very exciting pack one, pick one. Uh, it could be very decent with the amount of kicking that happens. So, at, at worst, you know, it allows you to look through the top five cards of your library and pick one of them with kicker if you have any. And if not, then you just basically... Put five cards in the bottom of your library and hopefully helps you dig through the card that you need. <coughs> other than that, this is a really good kind of card if you're going heavy into kicking. Next up, we've got Cunning Geyser Mage. For Tuna Blue, it's a human wizard, it's a 3-2 with the kicker cost of Tuna Blue. When this enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, return up to one other target creature to its owner's hand. So for six mana you can bounce one of your opponent's creatures, and that's not too bad an ability. You know, if you have Cunning Geyser Mage and Coral Helm Chronicler, you know, hey, you also get to draw a card as well too. So, not all too bad, but, you know, not the worst. Definitely more of a mid to late pick. Next up is probably one of my favorite cards in Zendikar Rising, Deliberate. For one in a blue instant, it's a scry two, then draw a card. Th- this has to be like if you know you're going a blue, this has to be an early pick because scrying to and drawing card, so good, such a good card. This will definitely see play in limit and constructed as well, in my opinion. And as well, this is such a good cantrip for EDH as well, too. You know, because when you look at some of the other cantrips like uh, ponder preordain serum visions and all that they're they're getting up there in price they're a couple bucks and for budget-minded players deliberate is going to be a perfect you know inclusion for you and your edh decks next up we've got expedition diviner for three and a blue it's a merfolk wizard it's a three two with flying okay cool you you've grabbed my attention as long as you control another wizard when expedition diviner has when this creature dies draw a card Okay, not bad. So there's plenty of wizards in blue, so pretty easy to, you know, get into that. And, I mean, even if you don't have a wizard out, a 3-2 flying for four is not bad in limited at all. It's pretty decent card. Next up is Field Research. For Tuna Blue, it's a sorcery. Has a kicker cost of Tuna Blue. You can draw two cards. If this spell was kicked, draw three cards instead. So for six mana, you can draw three cards. And in a format like Limited, that's really not that bad at all. Having to draw six cards for six mana. Or not six cards. uh, Three cards for six mana. Whoops. Reverse that. Strike that. Um, So even... You know, this is like your divination, right? It's a divination with a plus. You know, because divination is two a blue and draw two cards. But this is a better divination, so it's it's worth, you know, a mid to late pick if you're going in blue. Next up, we've got Glacial Grasp for two a blue. It's an instant tap target creature. Its controller mills two cards. That creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step, draw a card. For three mana, and it being a common, it does a crap ton of stuff. Have I not been saying in all these set reviews that commons are getting more and more pushed lately? It's insane like how pushed commons are getting. I mean, come on, it, it, they're getting pushed. Um, for three mana, that is not a bad deal. This is something I would definitely want in my blue decks for limited or sealed. Um, a three mana cantrip that taps a target creature then you get to mill your opponent, they don't untap, and you draw a card? Yes, yes. Next up, we've got Glass Pool Mimic. For two and a blue, it's a Shapeshifter Rogue. It's a zero, zero. You may have this enter the battlefield as a copy of a creature you control, except it's a Shapeshifter Rogue in addition to its other types. So what's cool about that, I mean, the downside is it has to be a creature you control, so it's not any creature out. So that's one downside. But in something like Limited, hopefully you have another creature out. But what I really like about this card, though, is if you have a lot of party cards, this can help you out. So say if you only have a cleric out, boom, I'm going to copy the cleric. But it's also a rogue as well, too. But nice. So you have a cleric and a rogue out. So it helps you reduce any kind of party costs or up party costs, Any, any whatever. Just helps your party out. And if you don't really need a creature, boom, you can flip it and turn it into a blue land. Next up, we've got Inscription of Insight. For three and a blue, it's a sorcery. Has a kicker cost of two double blue? Choose one. If this spell was kicked, choose any number instead. So for eight mana, um, you have the choices of return up to two target creatures through their owner's hands. Okay. Scry two, then draw two cards. Okay. Target player creates an XX blue illusion creature token where X is the number of cards in their hand. Um, For a sort of bombish type card, this is not too bad considering for eight mana. If you get to be able to choose all of them, heck yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. So I think for the, they would all happen at the same time, right? So the draw two cards would not take effect with the illusion because you're doing it all at the same time. Um, it's Unless you get to stack the triggers? I don't know. I'm not a judge. Baltan, help me. I know you're probably listening to this. Help me out. What, What is Inscription of Insight? Do you stack the modes? Or does it all happen at once if you choose all of them? I want to say it happens all at once, but I'm a normie here. I don't know. Uh, next up, we've got Into the Royal for one and a blue. With Instant it has a kicker cost of one and a blue. Return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. If this spell was kicked, draw a card. So for four mana, you get to bounce a creature and draw a card. Hey, cool, awesome. Always, always good sort of bounce spell in blue and always handy, even if you don't do the kicker cost for it. Oh, it's non-land permanent, so it's not just creature. It's any permanent. So they got a pesky Planeswalker, right? Could bounce that Planeswalker into their hand. All right, next up, we've got Jace Mirror Mage. Ooh, it's a Jace Planeswalker. For one double blue, it comes with four loyalty counters, has a kicker cost of two. When this enters the battlefield, if Jace was kicked, create a token that's a copy of Jace Mirror Mage, except it's not legendary, and its starting loyalty is one. So, I I, I really like this card because... Ever since Oko, like Oko was an extremely powerful 3 mana Planeswalker, right? For 3 mana, even if you don't do the kicker for this, for 3 mana, this is not strong at all for 3 mana. it's I feel like it's appropriately costed because the plus 1 is scry 2. Awesome, great. You get to set up your hand on the next turn. And then the 0 draw card and reveal it, removing number of loyalty counters equal to that card's converted mana cost from Jace the Mirror Mage. So... Like I said, great card. Great Planeswalker. It's awesome that it has Kicker, so you can create a copy of it. So for five mana, you get two of them. Awesome. Great. You know, I I have no problems with a card like this because it's not very strong. For a three mana Planeswalker, and I love the added flavor of Kicker. I... As much as there are some very oppressive Planeswalkers, and this So Who Shakes the World, that have some really powerful static abilities. Um, th- I I do like the design of seeing static abilities on Planeswalkers as we start to see uncommon Planeswalkers and rare Planeswalkers. So it's cool, and I like... This feels appropriately costed. Sorry for going on that tangent, but I just had to say that. Next up, we've got Jawari. Jawari? Disruption for one and a blue instant counter target spell unless its controller pays one. So this is always a good handy spell to have if, you know, they're going to play a big bomb and they have all their mana tapped out and boom, you play that counter target the spell. And it's always handy because you could always make it. Oops, I did not mean to do that. Go back. You can always make it into a land as well, too. Alright, next up we've got Living Tempest. For 4 and a blue, it's an elemental creature. It's a 3-3 for 5. Okay, not too bad. I mean, not the greatest. But it has flash and flying, so you get to play it at the end of your opponent's end step, or as a blocker. As well, too. Pretty handy, common creature to have to fill out your blue deck. Next up, we've got Lull Mage's Domination. It's an X triple blue sorcery. This spell costs three less to cast if it tar- if it targets a creature whose controller has eight or more cards in their graveyard. Gain control of target creature with converted mana cost X. So it costs three less. Okay. So it definitely seems like Mill is a thing um, in blue. And... You know, a game control card, always pretty decent to have. The cost is a bit restrictive with the three blue, but if you're playing two colors, it's not too hard to get. So, definitely more mid to late pick. Next up, we've got Maddening Cacophony. For one and a blue sorcery and has a kicker cost of three and a blue, each opponent mills eight cards. If this spell was kicked, instead each opponent mills half their library (laughs) rounded up. Oh my gosh. Um... I don't think I've seen this card. Like, I, I, I will I will state a lot of these cards I'm looking at for the first time. So, each opponent mills eight cards if it was kicked and only costs 40. So, six mana, you get to mill your... I, I would pack one, pick one, this. A hundred percent. Just to pay six mana and have them mill half their library. Yes. hundred percent. Pack one, pick one. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's so great. I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Um, So let's be real here. Would this be playable and limited? Yeah. Milling eight cards and with how hard it is to get stuff back from the graveyard and limited most of the time. Yeah. I mean, I know we haven't looked at black, red or green, which, you know, those or especially black and green, which can get stuff back from the graveyard. So I don't know how much graveyard recursion there is in this set so let's say there's never going to be a lot of graveyard recursion right unless your opponents get super lucky um this is the i like this a lot yes pack one pick one hell yes and then i would just try to build mill as much as i could Next up is Master of Winds for two double blue. It's a Sphinx Wizard. It's a 1-4 with flying. When this enters the battlefield, draw two cards and discard a card. Okay, not bad. Whenever you cast an instant sorcery or wizard spell, you may have Master of Winds base power toughness become 4-1 or 1-4 until end of turn. Okay. Okay. So you can switch the power and toughness around. And with it flying, with it having pretty good evasion like that, Boom, swing in for four damage. I like it a lot. But what's also cool is say you swing in a four-one and boom they flash in a living tempest, the three three. Okay, before blocks or before damage, you know, blocks, okay, whatever. Before damage, boom, I'm gonna cast another instant instant card, whatever, like draw a card effect. I'm gonna switch the power and toughness around, boom, it doesn't die. You know, I mean both creatures won't die, but you get to save your master of winds, though. That's really cool. And that could be a pack one pick one that's like a it's like a fun card fun fun like little combat trick card next up we've got merfolk falconer for 3 double blue it's a merfolk wizard it's a 4-4 four, four with flying whenever you cast a kick spell scry 2 so a 4-4 four, four for 5 with flying that's not bad on the surface and you will be casting kick spells most of the time or hopefully not most of the time but you will be at some time in scrying 2 always super handy super handy Next up is Merfolk Wind Robber. It's a 1 blue Merfolk Rogue. It's a 1-1 with flying. Whenever this deals combat damage to a player, that player mills a card. Okay, not bad. And you can sac this, draw a card, activate this ability only if opponent has 8 or more cards in their graveyard. And if you're doing mill theme, that's not going to be too hard to do in this. Next up, we've got Negate. Good old Negate. For 1 and a blue, it's an instant counter target non-creature spell. Uh, what's more to say about negate? It's been reprinted so many times. It's handy if you think you're going to be up against a lot of non-creature spells or it's always a good sideboard card. Next up is Nimble Trap Finder for one and a blue. It's a human rogue 2-1. So 2-1 for two is not too bad. Uh, this can't be blocked if you had another cleric, rogue, warrior, or wizard enter the battlefield under your control this turn. Okay, I like that. I kind of like that and that's not going to be hard to do. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you have a full party, creatures you control gain. Whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card until end of turn. With it not being hard to get a full party out, possibly, I really like that second step. But even if you never do, I really like the first step as well, too, making this unblockable. Um, Really, really decent card. Possibly a pack one pick one. Just for the fact if you're trying to go low into the ground and you want something that's unblockable, maybe you want to enchant this. Buff it up a little bit, and boom, there you go. Next up is Risen Riptide. It's a tuna blue elemental. It's a zero five. Whenever you cast a kick spell, Risen Riptide has base power and toughness five five until end of turn. So this could be a really decent blocker for you, but you happen to cast a kick spell. Boom! Now you've got a five five out there waiting for you to swing in and deal some five damage, or hopefully take out some things too. So overall, not a bad little card. Not very high on my pick list, though. Next up is Roost of Drakes. For 1 blue mana, it's an enchantment. It has a kicker cost of 2 and a blue. So for 4 mana, when this enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, create a 2-2 blue drake creature token with flying. Whenever you cast a kick spell, create a 2-2 blue drake creature token with flying. So for I would definitely want to cast this for 4 mana to get the blue drake creature token hopefully you've got some other kick spells as well too in order to get the get use out of this card here next up is everybody's favorite little crab ruin crab it's a one blue crab creature it's a zero three has landfall whenever a land enters a battlefield under your control each opponent mills three cards so if i were to get maddening cacophony I'd hopefully get a Ruined Crab because I would just want to mill the crap out of them. And any double face cards I had, land, land. Oh my gosh, yes. All right, next up, we've got Seagate Restoration for four triple blue. This is our mythic sorcery. Draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand plus one. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. Or you can play it as a land, and you may pay through life if you don't and enters the battlefield tapped. So, for 7 mana, you get to draw a shit ton of cards. And you have no maximum hand size. I kinda like this better than the White Mythic. Uh, I, I probably would pack one pick one this because I want to be able to draw a lot of cards. Even if you only had like 1 or 2 cards in your hands, boom, you're drawing some extra cards here. In something like EDH, yeah. I would definitely want to play this in EDH, especially in like Crewfix or something. You know, this might be a decent card to play in Crewfix. Um, you know, being able to draw my deck out, I kind of like it. And having no maximum hand size, even if they get rid of Crewfix or something in, in like Grand Arbiter or something. I don't know. Grand Arbiter, no, because that'd be more control. I'd rather have instant cantrips and all that. But it's not a bad card. I'd probably pack one, pick one this. But the caveat would be if there's if there's a really good creature in, in the pack or some really good removal as well. All right, next up, we've got Seagate Stormcaller, our other mythic of blue. One and a blue human wizard. It is a mythic. It is a 2-1. It has a kicker cost of four and a blue, so for five, six, seven, so for seven mana, when this enters the battlefield, copy the next instant or sorcery spell with converted mana cost 2 or less you cast this turn when you cast it if C, Gate Stormcaller was kicked, copy that spell twice instead you may choose new targets for the copies so I can already see Baltan like salivating at this card because with Kalimax even if you don't do the kicker cost, it's um still really good, you get to copy the spell, Uh pack 1, pick 1 I mean, uh, I, I I probably would pick this one early, but if it would end up in my deck in the, in the long run would really depend what else I drafted. Because it all depends on instants and sorcery spells you drafted as well too, and it all depends on what you get. So, not a bad card. I definitely see this seeing more play in EDH more than anything um imagine if this had flash as well too oh my gosh that'd be ridiculous next up is sea floor stalker for tuna blue it's a merfolk rogue it's a 2-3 has four and a blue. This gets plus one, plus o oh until end of turn, and can't be blocked this turn. This ability costs one less to activate for each creature in your party. So this is always a good kind of creature to be able to play more during late game, or you know you play you play it early, but then during your later game when you have more mana to spend, boom, you know you you have a possible unblockable creature, and you can pump it up multiple times, and hopefully it costs a little bit less. To activate for each creature in your party, and right away, this is going to cost one less because it's not for each other creature, so it counts itself. So it's always going to cost four mana to activate this, unless I'm wrong. Yeah, this ability costs one less to activate for each creature in your party, and yeah, it it does. I think it would count itself. Next up, we've got shield shell shield for one blue mana, it's an instant kicker cost of one. Target creature you control gets plus 0, plus 3 until end of turn if this spell was kicked. That creature also gains Hexproof until end of turn. So it's a strictly worse dive down. Um, But in limited, this is really good to try to save your creature from being targeted removal there. So not a bad card at all for 2 mana. Like, definitely early to mid pick. Next up, we've got Celundi Vision. For 2 and a blue, it's an instant. Look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal an instant or sorcery card from among them. Put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Or you can turn it around and play it as a land for Slundy Isle. So for three mana, basically getting to look at the top six cards of your library. And if you got an instant or sorcery card you really want, awesome. Otherwise, I, I feel like this... Might see more play as a land than what it actually does, unless you're doing heavy instant sorcery cards there, because you're going to be going. You might be going through some creatures you really need to, right? Next up, you've we've got Skyclave Plunder. For four and a blue, it's a sorcery. Look at the top X cards of your library, where X is three plus the number of creatures in your party. Put three of those cards into your hand, and the rest in the bottom of your library, in a random order. So for five mana. You get to look at the top X cards of your library. X is three plus the number of creatures in your party. So, even so, for five mana, even if you have no creatures out, you get to draw three essentially. And um, that's pretty dang good. Yeah. So, hopefully, you have some creatures out when you play this to make this even more useful. So, it's not a bad, like, little draw effect card there. Next up, we've got Skyclave Squid for 1 and a blue. It's a squid creature. It is Defender with 3-2. Whenever a land enters a battlefield under your control, this can attack this turn as though it didn't have Defender. Hopefully, that's not going to be too hard to do, but this could be a nice little chump blocker as well, too, to stop one of your opponent's creatures. More on the mid to very late pick. I wouldn't put this high on my priority list. Next up, we've got Surefooted Infiltrator. For three and a blue, it's a Merfolk rogue. It's a 2-3. Tap another untapped rogue you control. This can't be blocked this turn. Whenever this deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Okay, with rogues being out there, having another unblockable creature, always handy to have. Four mana for 2-3, not the best, but if you can manage to draw some cards off this card, it's done its job. It's gotten its value out of it. So more of a mid mid-pick more than anything. Tazim Royal Mage for one and a blue. It's a Merfolk Wizard with Kicker of Four. So for six mana. When this enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, return target instant sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Cools. A little bit of recursion for six mana. This being a common that's a little bit expensive, but in limited, great card. Great card in limited. Definitely worth having. So our next card is Thieving Skydiver. For one and a blue, kicker X, X can't be zero. With Has flying, it's a 2-1 with flying for two mana, so not bad, not bad. Uh, when this enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, gain control of target artifact would convert to mana cost X or less. If that artifact is an equipment, attach it to Thieving Skydiver. So in limited, could be decent. I mean, there's not always going to be a lot of artifacts in play in limited. So I would probably still pack one pick one this because you never know when they could play a pesky equipment or a pesky artifact that you need to get rid of. But they're, this is going to see some play in EDH as well, too, because being able to steal a like really good artifact out there, heck yes. Um, I can even see this seeing play in, uh, in standard or... Uh, Yes, standard or historic for being able to steal a, uh... Oh, what do you call it? The Ember Cleave? Yes. Heck yes. Like it a lot. Or Shadow Spear. Something like that. Next up, we've got Yamara Wizard for 4 and a blue. It's a Merfolk Wizard. It's a 4-3, so 4-3 for 5. Not the greatest, but it's okay. Uh, Whenever you cast an Instant Sorcery or Wizard spell, this gains Flying until end of turn. Okay, that's a little bit better. So, hopefully... You know, you can get some value out of this and make it flying, so that's not too bad. Or, if you're finding it useless and you're running out of land and you're not getting any land you need, boom, you can just play it as a land. So, this could be an early to mid pick if you're going in blue. Next up, we've got Wind Rider Wizard for two and a blue. It's a human wizard. It's a 2-2 with flying, so 3 mana 2-2 with flying, not bad. Whenever you cast an instant sorcery or wizard spell, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. I kind of like that a lot. That would definitely be an early to mid pick for me if I'm in blue because teamed up with Windrider Wizard and Umara Wizard. Yeah, that's really good. I like that a lot. Uh, Next up, or actually, this is our last blue card. I feel like we just flew by these. Uh, is Zulaport Duelist. For one blue, it's a human rogue 1-1 with flash. When this enters the battlefield, up to one target creature gets neg two, neg zero until end of turn. It's controller mills two cards for a common. That seems really good. Um, Really cool card to flash in and make your opponent mill. Mill is definitely going to be a theme you'll see in limited for sure. 100%. I'm definitely going to try to build a mill deck and hopefully try to win with mill. Because if not, then I failed myself. I failed you all. So there you have it. Those are all the blue cards for Zendikar Rising. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did talking about it. Um, I'm kind of more excited about the blue cards than I was the white cards. But even these two colors that I've gone over so far have been pretty sweet. Pretty sweet for more draft more than anything. I'm not seeing a whole lot of stuff that really pops out at me for EDH or Historic or Standard or anything. So who know maybe that'll change in the next few colors, but thank you all for listening, watching, and onward to the next episode about black cards.